Forgotten Cinema is getting romantic for our eighth season and just in time for Valentine's Day as we cover the 90s ensemble drama, Beautiful Girls. We'll then do a complete 180 as we dive into some spy films, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Spy Game. We'll find out why white men can't jump and whether you should shoot to kill while enjoying a Frankenweenie. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? This season will also feature our 100th episode of Forgotten Cinema. Feels like 100 years. Don't I know it. Forgotten Cinema. Never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's a hint. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. And on this show, we're going to be teaching you about beer. That's right. It's an extra special show. Different from most of our other shows. No, it actually is. Hold on. Wait, I'm getting an incoming report. No, that's what we do every episode. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This will still be a... Quite an informative episode. I'm I'm proud of myself. Ooh, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Which is interesting because it's coming out of the ashes of an episode where we had to throw out the first beer idea mm-hmm. we had. Mm-hmm. We didn't throw out the beer. No. Like, we're still going to drink the beer. We just don't have any information on this beer, so we, yeah. we're not reporting about it. <laughs> this was like our backup, <laughs> and now it is the main one. Well, yeah, this was going to be our next week's beer. Yeah. And it just happens to be this week's beer. Woo! So what is this week's beer, you might ask? I wasn't going to, but I should have. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we are cracking open Czech Mix. Notice I said Czech Mix and not Czech Mix. A German and Czech-inspired Pilsner from Back East Brewing Company located in Bloomfield, Connecticut. And you may have heard us talk about this brewery before. In fact, I'm certain you have. Uh, last year, we featured their Summer Ale, which is one of our absolutely, like, must have in the fridge while it's available beers. Uh, we also talked about Winterfest on our first Christmas episode, and we definitely mentioned Spring Ale, which we many fell- a time. <laughs> yes, which we fell in love with last year, right before it went away for the season. Oh my God, Spring Ale is so good. I know. So heads up, I noticed during my research for this episode that Spring Ale was just tapped at the brewery, uh. <laughs> which means hopefully we'll start seeing it in the package store soon. Uh. Gotta go. <laughs> Back East also brews Ice Cream Man IPA. Oh my God, I love Ice Cream Man. Mm-hmm, which you've probably heard of if you're from Connecticut because of its like cult following. Uh, it was rated number five on Draft Magazine's list of top 50 IPAs. Damn. Well, it deserves to be up there. It's so good. So, however... <laughs> <laughs> That list is apparently the subject of some debate because it's based on the tastings of 386 IPAs that breweries from across America submitted. So 
from what I read online, some people felt that it just wasn't like a comprehensive enough list, but still coming in at five out of 400 IPAs across the country is still pretty impressive. It's impossible. It's nearly impossible for somebody to do a competition with literally every IPA ever made. If you don't submit it, you don't get tasted. Yeah, exactly. Like that's not, no, that's, that's dumb. Anyway, (laughs) of course. uh, Yeah. Anyway, continue. I I get where you're coming from. Uh, But on top of that, Back East's Porter has earned the gold medal multiple times at the Great American Beer Festival and the Great International Beer Festival, along with several other awards on their ale, Imperial Stout, IPAs and double IPAs. So I'm going to just back up for just a second. Uh, Back East originally opened its doors in July of 2012, thanks to co-founders and cousins, Tony Karlowitz and Edward Fabricki Jr. They shared a passion for great tasting, high quality beer, and they made a great team. On one hand, we've got Ed, who began homebrewing while living in San Diego in the 90s, although he is originally from Connecticut. And as a professional engineer, he enjoys the technical aspects of brewing. Tony developed his appreciation for craft beer while attending college in Vermont, but he's an entrepreneur at heart and a CPA, so he loves building a successful business from the ground up. So once Edward moved back east... Uh, 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 you said the thing! <laughs> in 2001, he and Tony began experimenting with different recipes of homebrews in 2006, eventually developing some exciting recipes that they were proud to put the back east name on. And they've been improving and innovating ever since. Back East was only the second brewery in Connecticut to start canning their brews back in 2013. Back when it was kind of like frowned upon. Not frowned upon, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, And they made one of the first hazy IPAs brewed in Connecticut back in 2015. The Rakutra, which you would recognize the label of. It's black and it's got like the tree. The name sounds familiar because it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I might have had it. I probably had it. You, yeah. Back East was actually featured in an article in Forbes last year talking about their strategies to not just stay afloat, but actually be successful during the COVID pandemic. Back East continued to use 90% of their production facilities to keep brewing. Their facilities have the capacity to produce about 200 barrels of beer per week, and they were still averaging about 180 per week. Wow. So I'm not sure how many other breweries scaled down during the more restrictive part of the shutdown last year, but it sounds like it did not slow back east down at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They really put a lot of manpower into the whole like contactless drive through pickup Mm -hmm. thing that seemed to work really well for other breweries too. Right. And according to that same article, back east also had plans to open a brand new $750,000 4,500 square foot tap room with an almost 300 person capacity right before the pandemic hit. So that was put on pause until Connecticut relaxed its restrictions a little bit. Um, They unveiled this tap room in July rather than in June. And from what I read, the brewery basically just expanded to take over the entire building that they were previously occupying only a part of. Okay. So Back East also participated in the All Together collaboration that breweries across the world participated in last year in response to the pandemic, hitting the the base, the whole 
entire um, hospitality industry so hard. Uh, we did an episode throwback <laughs> <laughs> featuring two releases of all together from two roads and tribus. Unfortunately, those were the only versions that we could get our hands on at the time. But back East actually raised over $23,000 for the Connecticut hospitality employee relief fund. So that is really awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And another good reason to check them out. So check mix was originally released in August of 2019. It is technically a limited release beer, but from what I can tell on their social media, it's not because Check Mix is a, like a seasonal release that's released at like a specific time of year, but that the delay is actually due to a longer lagering period. So I think each batch just takes longer to be ready for canning. Okay. And to be honest, I, I do feel like we see it on the shelf fairly regularly anyway, with the other back east beers, I've told you how many times now I want to try Chuck Mix. I want to try Chuck yep. Mix like every time we pass it. Um, but we just never got it for the fridge. So here we are reviewing it on the cast. <laughs> back east says, quote, a mix between German and a Czech style. This Pilsner is slightly sweet with notes of toasted biscuits. So Czech Mix was brewed with a mix of Czech and Bavarian malts and hops fermented with a German strain of yeast. Light in body and color with a crisp, clean taste. Notes of malty sweetness with a subtle hoppy finish. Uh, and I don't think I've talked about this before, but it seems like an appropriate time since back yeast specifies that Czech mix is a mix between German and Czech styles. There are three categories of Pilsner. Czech, German, and American Imperial. And thank you to Vinepair for the following information. So the Pilsner style originated in the Czech Republic. Pilsner translates to from Pilsen. So Czech Pilsners are the brainchild of Joseph Grohl back around 1842. And Czech Pilsners tend to be pale yellow to light gold in color. They generally clock in between 4.5 and 5.5 ABV and have a flavor profile that's a balance of soft malts with the spicy floral notes of Saz hops. They've got a slight bitterness, but a nice clean finish. They're characterized by a slightly sweet toasted biscuit uh, slash bready aromas and flavors, as well as moderate to low carbonation. So already that sounds accurate for what we're what we can expect from this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In Germany, it's more common to see the term pills than pilsner. Not just to differentiate themselves from the Czech style, some say it's also to show respect, because the Pils was adapted by Germans from the Czech style in the 1870s to better suit Germany's mineral water and domestic hops. It's lighter in body and color, tends to be drier and crisper. It's got a lingering bitterness and a higher carbonation, pouring with a pure white head and pronounced European noble hop aroma. And then the American Imperial Pilsner, which apparently can't even be marketed as a Pilsner in Europe, does date back to the 1800s when German immigrants brought the traditional Pilsner brewing style to America. American Pilsners are technically closer to the German style for this reason, but there are still a few key differences. Quote, up to 25% corn and or rice in the grist should be used, said the Brewers Association. I don't know what that means. That's just what they said. In the grist. 
<laughs> and this style represents the classic and unique pre-prohibition American style Pilsner. The style generally has a medium low to medium sweet malt flavor and medium to high European hop notes. And just as a, as a side note from what I understand, American Pilsners are kind of interchangeably referred to as American Pilsner or American Imperial Pilsner. I was going to ask what the Imperial meant, so it's nothing. The the reason <laughs> being that American Pilsners tend to have a broader range of ABVs of up to 9%. And Imperial is basically shorthand for stronger because both the, the Czech and the, the German Pilsners tend to stay in the 4.5 to 5.5 ABV range. Oh, so it's like when you get an Imperial Stout. Exactly. Okay. So I know what a grist is. Yes. It's the milled malt. It's called the grist. Okay. It's mixed with water, providing conditions in which starch, other molecules, and enzymes are dissolved, and rapid enzyme action takes place. Anyway, that's what grist is. Oh, thanks. Look at you, my little TA. Yay! (laughs) I did stuff. (laughs) So this concludes my Pilsner lesson. But again, disregard the American Pilsner information in terms of this beer that we're drinking today, which back east said that was a mix of Czech and German. But can't be called a Pilsner if they went to Europe or can it? Would they still allow this to be called a Pilsner? Because it was made in America, but it wasn't used in the American quote unquote style. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know Europe thinks our beer is a joke, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Everyone can have good beers. Except for Antarctica. Penguins can't brew. It's a fact. Sorry. That's what they think of you. Is that my penguin hate mail? Yeah. (laughs) Is there going to be like a a podcast commentary against me? And it's going to be very intimidating because they're going to be dressed up for the occasion. Oh no, the tuxedo cast. (laughs) Uh, Is it beer time? Yes, it is. All right. I am really, really excited for this. <laughs> All your dreams are finally going to come true. I know. What if you built this before you open it? What if yeah. you built this up too much in your head? What if nothing this tastes like can ever be acceptable enough to you? What? Because for the last like two years, you've just been like, let's get that. Let's get that. Let's get that. And now you finally have got it in your hands. But now I know how good it is. Like by a written description. By a, yeah. Crack it. <laughs> I can't wait any longer. It's got a nice, uh, nice yellow straw-like uh, appearance. Yep, just like the description said. Uh, looks like a pilsner. Nice white head. Pretty clear. Oh, smell it. Got good carbonation. Smells crisp. Yes, I'm going in. I can't wait. Mmm. Mmm. Toasty. Very toasty. Bis- yeah. Biscuity, bready, sweet. It has got a nice sweetness to it. I will say I really do like that sweetness. And you write that it is a little biscuity, mm-hmm. which I think is a little different from most American Pilsners, I and guess. And a very clean finish. Like it just, there's no aftertaste. It's just boop. I feel like that's a lot of good Pilsners anyway. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of craft beer Pilsners. So you don't get that finish if you drink a Bud or a Bud Light yeah. or a Budweiser or I just named Bud two times. Before. Yeah. <laughs> like a Coors or something like that. Mm-hmm. Michelob. Michelob. Yeah, even Michelob, even Ultra. You get like this fake kind of tinny aftertaste that yeah. lingers. Yeah, it's like, you're right. It's ever. like artificial. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're drinking something real, whenever I've had a Pilsner from a brewery, like yeah, an actual craft, craft brewery. brewery, 
I it, the finish is always like the taste goes away. You can absolutely drink this and not have to worry about just tasting this bad old penny taste in your yeah. mouth for the rest of the day. <laughs> but I really like the biscuity taste to it. It's definitely an apt description. Mm-hmm. And when we say biscuits, obviously we mean biscuit like a an English biscuit or a European yeah. biscuit, yeah. like a fancy cracker, mm-hmm. like an animal cracker, but not as artificially sweetened kind of. Perfect amount of carbonation. I really like I, the carbonation. I like the way it dances on my tongue. I really love the carbonation in it. And I really like that. That biscuity taste moves into a sweetness mm-hmm. that then moves into a... Just a very a slight... Wheaty, yeah. Bready, mm-hmm. just like, ah, yep. like grains. Just like, I imagine an open field of wheat on a farmland. Just like really refreshing. Yeah. And then I get just a little bit of like hoppiness right before it just is done. Yeah. That little bit of that bitter hoppiness kind of yep. comes in at the end. This is just a really good Pilsner. I will say this, this lives up to my I, Your idealization of it. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is much in the same way that I think, um, what was that cerveza? Wicked Bueno. Wicked Bueno. Like the Wicked from Bueno. From last year was so good. We didn't have a lot to talk about it. Yeah. But it was so good. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of the same with this check mix. It's it's really like an almost perfect Pilsner. Yeah. And the thing about Pilsners and cervezas and lagers to some extent and ales to some extent, eh, maybe less ales, they're very simple. Yes. They are what they are. And that's what you want is that clean, good, crisp taste. You shouldn't be. I mean, you could be picking out stuff. I mean, if that's yeah, that's I, what they're I going can, for. I can in the pick Pilsner. out the a little bit of spice, a little bit of floral from the hops. Like I, I can get that, but it's just so pleasant and drinkable and just like you can drink this with anything. Oh, for Any, sure. Any time of day, lunch, dinner, pizza, burgers, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was also trying to say that, you know, just because this is really simple. We don't have a lot to like. That does not to say that someone can't make a Pilsner that's a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, that's great. But then I think it kind of becomes it's no something longer else. A pil- yeah, exactly. In a way. Yeah. It's not sticking to the traditional style. What this was is- the Cape Cod one we had? Devil's Purse. Was that a Pilsner? That was a Kolsch. It was a Kolsch. Right. Okay. going to say, but they also kind of expanded upon and experimented with the Kolsch flavor, which- well, techni- it's technically- the Kolsch it's a Kolsch style. It's the Kolsch style right. because it's not made in- Cologne. Cologne, right. Yeah. Which is similar to right now. I mean, this is technically not made in Pilsner. They just don't have that exact rule. It's exact, not a hard yeah. fast rule. That's why they label it a, a German and Czech style. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could mess with this a little bit. Like you could put maybe some of those kind of like the Kolsch style did for Devil's Purse. Put like a, a white wine grape in here. Um, Like you could do some I stuff like that. I feel like that would change this like at its core. Oh, it would change this a lot, but yeah. it would still kind of be a Pilsner, but it would definitely change the taste. It would change how easy drinking it is. How yeah. I'm just saying that just because we're saying this is like a near perfect Pilsner doesn't mean that you can't do tweak stuff it as a well. little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm not it's saying like, to it's like tweak doing this. a cover song. You want to make it a, you're a, a little bit of your own while paying homage to the right. original. <laughs> I'm not saying every Pilsner has to be this way, but damn, this is what I want in a Pilsner. Yeah. This is what I want in a Pilsner. Yes. But if you tell me, hey, they did all this weird crap to this Pilsner, go ahead and taste it. Mm-hmm. I might like it too. But this is kind of prime pills right here. This is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy with this purchase. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and we will be getting it again. Yeah. When I just compared it to Wicked Bueno, that's not a knock on this at all because no. Wicked Bueno 
I mean, we we bought another pack of because it was so good. After the Casper Wicked Bueno, we bought another four pack mm-hmm. and I drank that four pack mm-hmm. in a sitting. And then next time we had to get another pack and I had to kind of Oh, yeah, I myself. forgot about that. Yeah, you had none of that first four pack. <laughs> we went on a, a Pilsner slash Cerveza kick last summer. <laughs> yeah. And I just one was one lazy summer. I think it was thunderstorming outside. And mm-hmm. like you went you went somewhere. It was a Saturday and it was like. Cracked one open. I drank it. I started drinking it like one, 12 or one. And I was just like, done. <laughs> another one. Another one. By the time you came home, I was already on my, like almost on my second one. Oops. And then throughout dinner, I had the other two. It was a good time. It was a good time. But. And what's nice mm-hmm. is with these, they, it like, it's still a crushable ABV. Oh, absolutely. It's the thing about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't get like trash because it's a lower no, ABV. Exactly. It's 4, I spaced 4. it out throughout the whole day. Yeah. Which is great. Like this is just so good. And it's. A pilsner. You can have a pilsner now in the wintertime or mm-hmm. in the spring or in it's the not summer. It's seasonal. In the fall. It's not. Yeah. That's that's the best part. We should have put the rest in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this really is a fantastic beer. So the can. Here we go. Is very clever. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons Elise was first like, I want to try that. <laughs> so the can is a rap, one of the wraparound labels on the silver can. And it says back east on the middle of this blue label. And then it says check mix. But the thing about this can is it's absolutely a spoof on the actual check mix. Checks. Checks mix. <laughs> Box. It's it's the same logo. The check in this is the red writing. The mix yeah. is pretty much the same font. Same font, same coloration, yeah. just a, a very uh, slight. Yeah. The difference is. The Czech is obviously Czech the country or the region. Czech Republic. Does that, yeah. does that still exist? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the dot over the I is a... It's a hop. It's a hop. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. And then it says Pilsner on the side. And then the back East logo is obviously the same as it normally is. Mm-hmm. It's that very nice sleek font with the compass arrow pointing eastward to make the middle of the capital E. And then... Instead of the little picture, because the blue is made with stripes, these little like spotlight type stripes, just blue and blue and blue. Mm -hmm. And when you get a box of check mix, there's in between the checks mix (laughs) (laughs) in between the spotlights. There's a little like cutaway of their their mix. And in here, instead of the cutaway, the checks mix, it's a cutaway of the hops in a pile, like a real photo. It's really clever. It's really clever. It's really good. There's the back east actual logo on the bottom that says find your way back. And which is kind of nice, mm-hmm. which makes sense because they found their way back. Yeah. East. Yeah. The logo is in the middle of this little banner with a compass and it's black and white, except there's a little red where the arrow is mm-hmm. pointing east. I'm assuming the photo is the east coast of America. It's a really small picture. Oh, so it's I can't to tell say. from that logo. Yeah. In, the, in a globe and in, inside the compass. Please recycle. Pack it in. Pack it out. I've never seen that wording before for recycle pack it in pack it out but that's cool i guess brewed and canned by back east brewing llc at bloomfield connecticut www.backeastbrewing.com 860-242-1793 the phone number's new most places don't have their phone number on the can oh no i don't, don't think i've ever listed the phone number when i read those <laughs> off before but that's cool yeah and it's not like back east, like i was saying before it's not like they're a small operation anymore yeah Across one of the stripes in the can, it says, keep cold, drink fresh. And next to the picture of the hops, really small. It actually says enlarged to show detail. Hmm. The hops are actually smaller than the picture on the can. 
It can't be too much smaller, though, because, I mean, that's about hop size, I would think. They could be dwarf hops. Yeah, that's true. And then we get the saying, Czech mix is our flagship pilsner, a traditional pilsner. This lager is brewed with a mix of Czech and Bavarian malt and hops and fermented with a German yeast strain. Light in body and color with a crisp, clean taste. Czech mix has a light malty sweetness. Yep. And subtle hoppy finish. Yep. Very accurate. Czech and Czech. It's almost like they- Check. Oh! <laughs> oh man, that was a good, that was a good go, and then a good high five. Oh, I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> so yeah, you must be right about it, only being because of the availability of their stuff. Yeah, because it's their flagship pilsner. Well, in this context, I believe flagship means their first. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, that makes sense. That's how some people do flagship. Some people do like flagship as in most popular, most popular or go to or always available or like what you want to represent. Right. Like the starship, the starship enterprise is never the first ship of anything. It's always (laughs) their flagship. This is their baby. This is the one they're putting out to show you. Hey, yeah, this is what we got. But there's always an Excelsior or a Lion or something else (laughs) before the star enterprise comes out. Which is why yeah, I'm going off a tangent here. Yeah. But that's lo- what sometimes what flagships are. As much as I are. enjoy this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Nerding out. <laughs> you can be, you can like beer and also be a nerd, but also still be handsome. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, you, you check all three boxes. Oh! All right. That's the last time we're going to do that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, okay. So flagship could be there for it could be there first. But yeah. yeah, we do see it all the time. So back east, this is another great one. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. when we did the Christmas episode, their beer was high up as well, right? Yes, it was. I, I actually we 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 had contacted them at the time that we did that Christmas episode, but because it, I mean, this was pre-pandemic, but right. because our schedules were so crazy, they're almost an hour away from us. We were just unfortunately not able to go visit the brewery, even though they did they invite did us. Invite us so there, thank ones, you yeah. guys for that. Um, and we do hope to get up to you at some point once all of this is over. <laughs> I mean, it's over-ish. Over-ish. We'll get to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because we love so much of your beer. Like, we we just want to. Right. Like, if you can get back east, good. Go to your liquor store, get it. Get it. Um, The Christmas one. Which one was their Christmas one? Winterfest. They had Winterfest. Oh, yeah. Winterfest was way up on my thing, right? So, yeah. Yep. Summer, Summer ale, ale. Spring ale. Spring ale. Oh, ice spring cream ale. man. Ice cream man. We haven't really talked about ice cream man much on the podcast. No. But, but number you, five, you just we had it like two I days ago. I just had it two days ago <laughs> at a dive bar in mm-hmm. West Haven. Mm-hmm. I love ice cream man. Ice cream man is amazing. It is. I had heard of it. Uh, briefly before the first time I had it. Yeah. And I think the first time I had it was plan B mm-hmm. in Milford, where a lot of the, a lot of they always, interesting yeah, craft they're beer always selections. Like they have an right, amazing they, selection yeah. of, they know what to choose. Anything they have on draft is always something you want to try. Whoever does their buying is on point. Right. Ice Cream Man is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, we haven't talked about it on the show before, but Ice Cream Man. Because we can't get a hold of it. I, <laughs> I haven't seen it in cans. Yeah, I've always seen it in draft at restaurants, but yeah. that's fine because I've I'm able to get it. It's the restaurants buy it when it's available because yeah. they'd be fools not to. Yeah, it is hazy. It is not too heavy. 
It is vanilla It's so complex. It is super complex. It is a lot like how we talk a lot about the Tribus beers, how they have mm-hmm. that hidden layer of vanilla behind a lot of their things. Yep. And that's what Ice Cream Man kind of does as well. A little bit less on the vanilla, I would say, which is surprising because it's called Ice Cream Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also kind of lightens it up a little bit more. Yeah. You know, Ice Cream Man is insanely, insanely good all times of the year. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like reading their website and other reviews and and stuff like that, Ice Cream Man was like originally just going to be a one off experiment. I'm glad it's not. And now there's like there's double scoop. There's like there's different versions. There's of- different versions. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Becky's. We'll get to you. We will get to you. Uh, but yeah, Winterfest was amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Summer ale was so good. We and bought actually, so much summer ale throughout the entire summer. The um the Winterfest. I'm 99% sure as I'm saying this is the one that used the honey from the apiary in Connecticut that we that I was able to find the the jar of oh, that you've been using in your tea. That, yeah, I'm almost out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost about to switch the two roads. Uh, the buzz. Homegrown yep. honey. Yep. Um so yeah, back east <laughs> we buy our honey based on <laughs> based on breweries. Apparently. <laughs> Shout out to Sunflower Farms, though. We also sometimes get it there. Yes, we do. Um, uh, with, with the whole comb With the comb in inside there. of it. Yep. Sorry, I derailed you. <laughs> That's, it's just fine. It's like Winterfest, summer ale we bought a thousand times. Spring ale. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Probably one of my favorite beers of all time. Yep. Like so many lemons. So, so many, many lemons. lemons. And tangerines last year, I believe, were like the secret. Like It's just so good. Yeah. yeah. It's just so good. So yeah, back east, they have done nothing that we've thought was even kind of just okay. Yeah. Like everything they've done. Everything we have from them. Amazing. It's not even like good or great. It's just, oh, (laughs) and uh, I can't wait for their next beer. Back east will definitely be. We'll get to you you at some point soon. (laughs) As soon as we can. It's a bit of a drive, but we'll get there. Yeah. So good. And yeah, I'm a little disappointed we didn't put the other two in the other two in the fridge. (laughs) Because now I want more. Anyway, that's all I got. That's all I got. All right, I'm going to finish this beer now while you do your thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm catching up to you. I'll be there soon. So thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. And then subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackinoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at open, or shoot us an email at crackonwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we want to hear from you. Send us beer <laughs> and beer suggestions. Yeah, or at least like, yeah, if you if we can talk to you about beer, that'd be really cool. We always want to learn more. Yeah, if you're a brewer that wants to talk about your processor, pump something you're putting out. Yeah, Let if you know. got we'll some, a new release, that. we'll go get it and then like talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Or if you could ship it because laws are relaxed now. Yeah. And I really want to try nice. to get some of that West Coast beer that we could never, normally never get our hands on. Yeah. Anyway, what you got to plug? Buy my books at audible.com, bitches. <laughs> Honestly, come on. But really, I'm on audible.com. Michael Butler, check me out. I've got a bunch of books I'm working on. I got a new book coming out soon, The Murder of Kelly Christopher. It's really cool. I've got other books, mostly horror books. Uh, Sour, which is a fairy tale, uh, Appalachian fairy tale, where I get to do a bunch of Southern accents. And it's kind of like Evil Dead meets a fairy tale. 
I've got Coffee at Midnight, a collection of short stories that range from very personal to horror. I've got Final Girl, which is an 80s slasher movie. I've got Switch, Art, Fraud, and Gangsters, which is like a Guy Ritchie art heist movie where I get to do a million British accents, which is really <laughs> cool. Uh, check these books out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get paid unless you pick them up. Please do so uh, at your earliest convenience because I need to get out of my day job. I've also got two other podcasts I do. I've got... I've also got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy, writer-director Mike Field, where we take a look at movies that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, talk about fun facts about its production and why it was forgotten. We always recommend you revisit it. You never know when you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com forgottenentertainment.com because we are part of the forgotten entertainment family or wherever you get your podcast we also do fun commercials every thursday on the social medias check us out i've also got two player bros a podcast i do with my buddy dave sometimes my brother alex sometimes myself where uh we talk about video games from playstation xbox pc vr we have it all we play it all we review it all we preview it all check that out at twoplayerbros.com forgottenentertainment.com or the social medias as well, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I've also got nine more podcasts. Let me, uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's it for now. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Holy crap, you did catch up to me. I did. Oh, now we clink good. (laughs) 